Okay, places everybody. Show starts in one minute. Hell, I got a terrible cold. You know what they say, Tara. The show must go on. Um, I'll, I'll go take my place now. Oh! Are, are you okay, Sammy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just twisted my ankle on this cable. I'll be okay. The show must go on. Right. Places, the curtain's about to go up. Oh, ah! oh the lightning board just exploded! <laughs> We'll forget the spontaneous human combustion. The show must go on. Right, right. The elephant, look out! The elephant! They're stampeding! The Help. show must go on! Look out! The roof's caving in! I'm the only one left. I can't feel my legs. But the show. Must go. Ladies and gentlemen. The best of Friday time! Quiet, please! Quiet! Quiet! Paul and I want to talk! Everybody, quiet! Sit down! Shut up! Quiet, please! Shut up! Welcome once again, radio listeners, to the best of Frantic Times! That was very good. Thank you. I have my voice today. You do? So I'm going to use it. You're all fired up. (laughs) And I'm with me is... uh, Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto. And uh, and we're starting off with a really, really hard-hitting, current, topical sketch. What is it? It's got a Joe Clark joke in it. (laughs) And it's even more topical for our American yeah, poor listeners. Joe. Poor Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is uh, this features uh, Joe Clark punchlines. So uh, anybody under uh, ninety, you can uh, just wait politely, and the old folks will laugh at this, and then we'll get on to the well, next. Well, the CBC loved all this political stuff. They did. Well, they were. We were going to be the next Air Force. That's true, but you know one of the things that bugged they me about this. They didn't retire the bastards. No. <laughs> one of the things that bugged me about the CBC was all their promo stuff, where they wanted us to look goofy in the pictures. Yes. We always had to be crazy, wacky, wild. They couldn't just let us be cool. We're just funny a busload of librarians. Aren't we? we are. And this is name that prune. <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Babs Pastor. Welcome to another edition of your favorite phone-in game show, Name That Prune, where you try to win our jackpot by guessing Joe Clark's middle name. (laughs) Name That Prune is brought to you by Manfred's, makers of Manfred's new steak and kidney yogurt with the added zing of mint. (laughs) Our first contestant is on the line. Hello, this is Name That Prune. You're on the air. Can you guess Joe Clark's middle name? Uh, uh, yeah. Is it Nick Brain? No, I'm sorry. Thank you for calling. Our pot goes up to $18. Remember, with each wrong guess, our prune pot goes up by one penny. Hello, can uh, you name that prune? Um, uh, yeah, hello. Um, is it, um, Nick Brain? No, I'm sorry. Is it Fluffy? No, it's only one Waldo. guess per caller. No. Hello, do you know what Joe Clark's middle name is? Hello, Bill. <laughs> It's Babs. Yes, you're on the air. Hello, Bill. Listen, dear, try turning down your radio, okay? And and name that prune. Is it Bill? No, it's not. It ought to be. Thank you, ma'am. Bill? We'll be back to name that prune after this word from Manfred's. 
Hello, I'm Manny Manfred, president of Manfred's Food Processing and Rendering. On behalf of our staff here at Manfred's, I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And don't forget, when friends are over, to treat them to our Christmas hamper. It's chock full of Yuletide favorites like Manfred's Garlic Rings, Manfred's Curry Eggnog, and new Manfred's Garlic Pimento Jam Sauce. The sauce that brings out the natural pizza flavor of lobster. Manfred's wishes you all a Merry Christmas and a spicy New Year. The phones are still lit up, but we only have time left for one more call. Hello. Hello, Bobs. This is Joe Clark, and I'm insulted by this degrading, offensive farce. Listen, we're running out of time, Joe. Do you have a guess? Oh, uh... <laughs> is it Knit Brain? No, I, I'm sorry. Well, it ought to be. Well, our jackpot stands at $18.04. Let's hope you win it next time on Name That Prune. This is Babs Pastor saying good night. Hi, folks. Rick here with some advice. If you're listening to a frantic skit and it seems kind of slow, just listen to every other word. Then it'll go twice as fast. Huh? Huh? See? We asked. Mrs. Sarnicki, if she thought she could make a commercial about Biff detergent. Well, I'm not sure. What do I know about camera angles, cue cards, film editing, key grip, other things? We'll help you. Okay, here goes. This is my son, Duncan. We live on a farm, and Duncan loves to wrestle with himself in big piles of digested hay. (laughs) Until he's unconscious. Could even Biff get out that kind of ground-in poo? (laughs) Yes, it could. Once those clever Biff people had soaked it in bleach overnight, rubbed in lemon juice, and hand-scrubbed it for an hour before running it through the machine with Biff and Pine Sol. Look, these stains are gone. I love Biff. I'll never switch because now I'm many thousands of dollars richer. Thank you, Biff. I'm convinced. Thank you, Mrs. Sarnicki. Mike McMichaels and Huey P. Carp back again. In New York City, a car accident has left one man dead and eight million people alive. That was close. (laughs) NHL President John Ziegler said he will cut down on the violence in hockey only if he's allowed to add more sex to compensate. Among ideas he's proposing are cameras in the change room, peekapoo pads, fishnet nets, and a new kind of organ music. And that about wraps up the news. Except for our on-air debate. What on-air debate? Our point-counterpoint, like on 60 Minutes. Don't be silly, Huey. It's time now for... For a couple of major journalists to argue over uh, an important issue of the day. All our major journalists are busy on the journal. (laughs) You forgot about me. 
I've been trying to. Now, you make a statement, establish your argument, build up your proof, and uh, I'll prove you wrong. Stop it, Huey. It's time now for... Afraid you'll lose? No, I'm not afraid of losing. I'll go easy on you. I mean, you can pick any topic you want, anything. What's, What's the first thing right now that comes into your mind? Violence. Okay, fair enough. Violence. All right. Okay. Um, senseless killing is bad. Is that it? That's it. Now you present the opposite argument. All right. Senseless killing is not bad. Because what if senseless killing wasn't senseless? And it ended up... Then it wouldn't be senseless killing. Oh. You know, a lot of people look down their noses at senseless killing. Yes. But what if the victims of these senseless killings don't die? What if they recover and they find Jesus and they take up sports despite their... They die, Huey. They die. That's why it's called killing. Oh. Very clever. You know, most of us run over animals on the road every day. I don't run over animals every day. I do. (laughs) Oh, you made me forget what I was going to say. I'm sure the nation is grateful. Oh, senseless killing. Some senseless killing is senseless if we look at it at face value. Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you seen the movie The Omen? Yes. Okay, there's this guy, little kid who goes around being the devil, and he, and he slices a guy's head off with a pane of glass, and he makes his governess hang herself. Yeah. Well, if that little kid had been senselessly killed, then they wouldn't have made all those stupid omen sequels, and we could all have good memories of Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird and MacArthur. That's it? No sense in crushing you totally. This is a slightly devastated Mike McMichaels with Huey P. Carp signing off. So, uh, we're going to try uh, something brand new. Uh, I'll explain, because I've just, uh, I seem very mouthy today. Um, go to thefrantics.com if you can, and look for the Frantic Slideshow, because Paul and I are going to share four pictures with you, and we're going to explain them. Click on the menu that says Podcasts. Okay. And then when you click on that, you'll see this slideshow. Now, are we going to wait or for them to go there? Or you can do what I do and call Paul. Or call No, don't call me. No. Okay, so <laughs> no. No, no, that's fine. Okay, fine. So uh, let me let's uh, turn on the projector. There we go. And uh, whenever you hear the sound, to go to the next slide, you click on the screen, and it'll take you to the next slide. So uh, we need you to stay in sync. All right. And what's the sound going to be? Okay, there we go. All right. And here's our first slide. Paul, what do, what uh, what can you tell me about this? Well, this is a black and white picture of us actually recording our radio show. So you thought this was appropriate because we're doing the best of frantic times. So we this are. came from the and, frantic times. And, and so. from uh, left to right is uh, Redican, me, Chato, Carolyn Scott, you, some, some handsome guy with a guitar. Yeah, right. And Rick Green. And Rick Green. And so slide number two. Slide two. Look at that, huh? Oh my. Who needs those other two bastards? It's That's just right. You and I. Hosting a, a comedy night. It was a comedy night. Now, you don't remember this. No, I don't. Well, they and spelled night a, wrong. It's a place. It's a, Well, it's safe space. Well, it's comedy. It's uh, And it was at the Queensberry Arms. And uh, Dave Letterman played there. Not the night we were there. That's a strip club. 
I think they tried to do that. I think they tried to do that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Great. And uh, I saw Ian Thomas there, but uh, you and I were there. It was a big night, and uh, we had a lot of fun. We were very good. I remember that now. You remember? I right. did Star Trek with you. I was very Ah, excited. you replaced Rick. That's right. Okay. Oh, there's the sound. Next picture. Next picture. Uh, this is at the Aurelia Comedy Festival. Yes, this is just to show you how sexy showbiz can be. We were uh, we had to iron our own clothing. We did. And uh, we were sharing the stage with uh, Char- Charlie Farkasen. Don, Don Heron. Heron. Brilliant. Brilliant man. Who's Brilliant left, man. left us, unfortunately. A very funny guy, very kind. I was going to tell a Don Heron dick joke, and now you've just totally, like... Now I've made it morbid. Okay, Charlie came in wearing his kilt. I'm still going to go. Okay. And and so, of course, we said, oh, Charlie, what's under the kilt? And he lifted it and showed us, and uh, he uh, it, uh, there was nothing under there. It was just Charlie and all his manliness <laughs> dangling there. <laughs> all his dangliness. All his dangly bits. And uh, the last one... Uh, well, we don't know. We're, we're doing this because we want to get some help from you people out there who might have seen us at the Soho at the Mets, where we started uh, actually doing live shows. Now, to describe those that don't have the slideshow, uh, it's three of us. Yeah, Dan. I'm covered in blood. I'm covered in blood. You're covered in blood. And it looks like my brain is coming out of my head covered in blood. And we can't remember what the <laughs> sketch is. That's right. You think. We have no idea what yeah, we the no sketch idea. was. No, no idea. So, uh... So th- uh, there, so there you go. There's our frantic slideshow. We hope you enjoyed it. So we, we know mathematically there yeah. was at least three people who saw us every night. Right. <laughs> so somebody out there must remember this sketch. Go to frantics.com or like us on Facebook. Tell us the sketch we're, we're trying to remember. So now it's time to move on to the real part of the show. Which is rent a witness. Which we did at the Soho at the Mets. I think that's why we, we left it at the end there. Excuse me. Yes. Is this the office of Rent-A-Witness? Yes, it is. May I help you? Well, a friend who's a lawyer said you might be able to help me. You see, I was driving along in my car, and I killed a guy in a Pinto. And you'd like us to fabricate some little story that would get you off the hook scot-free? Yes. Right. Well, I'm sure one of our experts can help you. At Rent-A-Witness, you're a somebody, but only who you want to be. Now, Mr. Uh, Taggart's on loan to the nuclear power industry... Mr. Uh, Davies is busy with the RCMP. Ah, but Mr. Teske's free. I'm sure he saw the whole thing. He did? Well, he saw Teddy Kennedy try to rescue Mary Jo Kopechny. Wow. 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Teske, he's here at last. He's been expecting me? Sir, he hasn't stopped talking about you since the accident. Oh. Miss Chunder, where is the poor devil? It's a gentleman next to the stack of Bibles, sir. Ah, there you are. I was just telling Miss Chunder here, you were nowhere near the military reviewing stand when those soldiers... What? <laughs> um, what I mean is that you had nothing to do with that Playboy Club selling hookers to Arab millionaires. What? What, what hookers? Uh, it, it was a traffic 624. And then, afterwards, when you were driving home, almost killed by that maniac in the, uh... The, uh... Red Pinto? It had wheels and doors, right? That's the one! Doing 180 kilometers an hour! Well, it, well, he was parked. Imagine driving a parked car! <laughs> These crazy kids! Well, he, he was over 50. Second childhood. Seen all old sot? Oh. And then... When he almost ran me over. Did he? Oh, it was awful. I saw the whole thing. Yes, it was awful. I saw the whole thing. 
Who was that? Another witness at no charge. It's our Thursday special. Thanks. And those lies he told the police. We'll straighten that out. But he was dead. Decapitated. What? Head off? Blood everywhere? Yeah. Sympathy! The guy's looking for sympathy! Oh. oh, it's the oldest trick in the book. That killer with a car hasn't got a leg to stand on. Or any arms, either. Driving without arms or legs or a head! Where's justice? Well, I hope it's right here. It's here, it's justice, and it's affordable. I won't rest until you're reimbursed for your injuries. What injuries? Your whiplash. All right, I can't hold my head up. Who can these days? And your mangled hand. Well, that's a paper cut. Yes, your paper cut. And what happened to your face? Puberty. (laughs) I see it now. Your Honor, set this man free. Let justice reign supreme so all men can walk free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for... Derwood. Right. Oh, that was wonderful, Mr. Teskey. Okay. That was A-OK. That'll be $200. Great. You'll be great in court. Court? Oh, court's another $500. Extra? Cash. American. But I want you to testify in court. Oh, you didn't say anything about court. No, you didn't say anything about court. No, you didn't. I heard the whole thing. (laughs) Well, it's no good if he says it here where there's no witnesses. I'm a witness. Yeah, she's a witness. Yeah, she's a witness. She heard the whole thing. I saw her hear the whole thing. What? Yeah, he heard the whole thing. I heard him hear the whole thing. Who's that? Well, this isn't right. I'm not paying. Forget it. Goodbye. Rape! Help! Oh, Lord! Get away from me, you pig! Look what you're doing to that poor lady! What? You're going to be thrown in jail and chased by big furry men. They'll take that bar of life, boy, and just ram it! All right, all right! (laughs) I'll pay the lousy 200. 300. No, but you said it was only... 300! Place is a rip... Hey, someone yell, rape! Get out of here, you Weasley pervert! I'm not doing... Get out! Beat it! Are you all right? I'm getting over it. Right. Well, I'm off to a luncheon date with Fred Johnson. You just had lunch. Yes, you just came back from lunch. Yeah, it's my turn for lunch. No, you ain't yet in this. Got to sign up for One creature that is almost totally extinct is the Montreal head office. Once these powerful creatures of the financial jungle were too numerous to count until they were forced out of Montreal by the encroachment of Bill 101. Unable to adapt, the Montreal head offices stampeded in great herds to the greener pastures in Toronto. As the Montreal head offices migrated into new grazing land, the parasites that feed off of them followed. The parasites in double-breasted coats and blown dry plumage can be recognized by their distinctive call. Hey, Serge, comment ça va? The Montreal landscape is now an elephant's graveyard of concrete and steel skeletons, so wildlife experts in the PQ are artificially stocking these empty caverns with the hardier species of the American branch office. Hey, Fred, lots of great French restaurants in this town. For more information on the Montreal head office and its close relatives, the Crown Corporation, and the government bailed out company, write Sun Life, Toronto.
Hi, this is Dan Reddick, and this next one is just for the ladies. I know that the frantics makes you think of sex, sex, sex. So this next one will be pure pleasure. How do you like that? Not much? Damn, not again. This is the best of frantic times. And now it's time for the letters to the editor of the Frantic Times. Dear sirs, when is Ottawa going to do something about inflation? It's killing my carpet business. I can't afford to advertise, so how can I let the public know that it's time for our biggest carpet sale ever? And with reductions of 50% off indoor-outdoor and slash prices on shags and throw rugs, if Ottawa had a stronger financial policy, I could tell carpet consumers everywhere that this offer will not be repeated. Sincerely, Phil Gibbles Carpets, your one-stop carpet store, 4550 Main, across from the Uptown Plaza, open 9 to 9, 7 days a week. All right, uh, now coming up, we say this a lot, but uh, honestly, really and truly, I really do mean this. This, I think, is one of the finest radio sketches we wrote. Uh, Actually, I didn't have any hand in it at all. I think this, again, one of Rick's. And I think you could tell that it was really good because it was so long. Because usually a sketch on, well, any of our sketches were usually two minutes long. Right. Right. And then when something went six minutes, it had to be really good to be able to uh, stand that length of time, Just right? Just pass the scratch test. Yeah, we did this on radio and on Did television. it on TV, and Dave Akama did a great job of directing it, which it I, I had no idea how he was going to uh, do Although it. what was really funny was we did it on a ship. Because it's called the USS Iowa. We'll get to it. But we did it on um, some vessel. The uh, Haida. The Haida in uh, Toronto. Correct. Now, Americans who viewed the television show immediately went, oh, that's not the USS Iowa. It's much too small. (laughs) And you see the millimeter guns on the turret there? Well. Are you making that up? No, I'm not. They they wrote letters and said, that could not be the USS Iowa. It's not. It's not. Nah. It's not the U.S. <laughs> but so let's all listen now to the USS Isle. Blanche, I'm home. Oh, damn, my shoe. Hi, George. <laughs> What's wrong with your shoe? Harvey Plunkett's dog again. <laughs> oh, isn't that a shame? Here, put on your slippers. Oh, thank you. And, and here's your newspaper and pipe, George. Blanche, what's with all the hospitality? (laughs) Don't be so cynical, George. Dinner is ready in ten minutes. Fish sticks, your favorite. Blanche, why are you dressed like that? I thought you said this nightgown was sexy. You bought something, haven't you, Blanche? George, we needed it. Where is it? Oh, in the backyard. Now listen, George. It's in the backyard, is it? Well, let's just have a little go-see. Now, George, it was on sale. I don't see anything. Look up, dear. What? Oh. Oh. It's huge. Well, what is it? It's the USS Iowa. <laughs> what? The USS Iowa, the world's largest battleship. It's monstrous! Oh, don't exaggerate. It's, it's 900 feet. It just fits in our lot. <laughs> a battleship? Blanche, you bought a real Battleship? Well, the American Navy was scrapping some of its obsolete ships, and it's so cheap. And it goes with the color of our house. Come on up the gangplank. Wait, wait, wait. How how much did it cost? Now, now, George, don't spoil everything. See the cute round windows? How much? Uh, 
Two hundred million dollars. What? But but look at all you get. It sleeps two thousand. <laughs> yes, and it has the sweetest guns. Look at the little seats where you sit and aim. <laughs> Blanche, how are we going to pay for this monstrosity? Charge X. Well, well, <laughs> look, here's the bell. Would you stop with the bell? Blanche, why did you buy this, this battleship? Well, the DuPonts have their sailboat, and the Ralstons just bought that windsurfer. That's no reason to go out and buy more naval power than Europe has. <laughs> You're not mad, are you, George? Blanche, I'm stunned. I come home and find the Bismarck on my freshly seeded lawn? It's not the Bismarck, it's the Iowa. What's the difference? The Iowa is bigger than the Bismarck. <laughs> it's bigger than the state of Iowa. <laughs> come on, below here. I believe it. Would you wait up for me, Blanche? Look at all the cute space. Oh, great. See the cute little hammocks? Yeah. <laughs> Blanche, this is the worst, and I mean the worst purchase you've ever made. Oh, George. Oh, don't start that again. And I thought you wanted the Iowa. <laughs> Why would you think that? Well, remember that time at the pool? Yeah. When it was crowded? Yeah. You said you wanted a battleship to clear the people out of the water. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was using a figure of speech. Next time I'm dead tired, I hope you don't call the morgue or something. <laughs> George, George, if you can't talk sensibly about this, let's just forget the whole thing. Sensible. Okay, you want to talk sensible, Blanche? All right, I can talk sensible, Blanche. Okay, okay. You want to talk sensible? How are we going to pay for it? <laughs> well, how? <laughs> we could win the lottery. <laughs> or several lotteries. <laughs> what if we don't win several lotteries? You're deliberately trying to find fault with this. <laughs> Just me being hypothetical, Blanche, okay? What do we do when the bank comes around for its first $10 million installment on this Potemkin here, huh? We'll blast them. <laughs> we'll, we'll what? And you thought I wasn't planning ahead. <laughs> The man at the shipyard told me the bow guns can lob a shell 30 miles. And there's plenty of smaller guns. I see, I see. Logical, yeah, good, good. And, uh, and what about ammo? <laughs> ammo? <laughs> well, the man didn't say anything about ammo. Ammunition, Blanche. You spent $200 million on weaponry and you don't ask about ammo? George, I'm sorry. Blanche, never buy a dreadnought without checking with me first. I know. Rita Devon has some 18-inch shells. Yes, we could trade our sonar for them. Rita Devon has 18-inch shells? Oh, yes, they're, they're too big for her torpedo boat. My God, does Bill Devon know Rita bought a torpedo boat? Well, it was his idea. What with the world today and the price of gold and, and all the break-ins in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't trust Bill Devon with a torpedo boat. Oh, why do you think I bought the Iowa? <laughs> yeah, but, but what if he torpedoes us? Well, the man told me the Iowa can take eight direct hits and not sink. Eight? Eight? This thing will take eight? Well, <laughs> I like to see Bill's face when he hears that, huh? Eight! Our boat can take eight, you hear that? 
You know, you know this Iowa, it's a real comfort in a lot of ways, you know. Oh, George. Yeah. After all, we never buy ourselves a lot of luxuries. You're right. Oh, Vivian Watson wants to sign a non-aggression treaty. Not until they return our lawnmower. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to just take a quick stroll around the deck, all right? <laughs> well, then you're not mad anymore, George? Mad? Honey, this Iowa is the smartest purchase I ever made. Give me a call when dinner's ready. I'm going to go astern and try and land a depth charge on Harvey Plunkett's dog. <laughs> All right, we're at the end of the show. We're uh, coming Yoo-hoo! up. We're end at, of the show. <laughs> we're coming up to uh, the song, and I have a very quick uh, observation or story to share with you on this one. This was called the Model Train Song, and um, again, Rick's had a. This is a good Rick show, isn't it? He's gonna love this one. So Rick came in with this premise, this song, and we all polished up the lyrics, and I gave it some music, and uh, we were gonna put it in a show, and. King Crunch Time went, nah, maybe, maybe it doesn't, uh, I don't think so. So fine, so we put it on the shelf. Screw it, forget it. Weeks go by and we think, what about that model train song? We should really, and I pulled it out again and I played it again. We said, yeah, let's, let's try it. So I'm starting to lose confidence, but I figure, well, you know, I'm a trooper. I'll get out there and give it my best. And I said, well, so Dan, uh, why don't you uh, introduce me and the song and, uh, you know, maybe ramp it up a little bit and uh, we'll do it. So Redican on the night of walks up to the microphone and says, here's a song Pete thinks is funny. And... <laughs> And walked away. So what you're hearing is a desperate, desperate man playing a guitar, praying to God that there's a laugh somewhere in this song. The Model Railroad Song. I liked it. The Model Railroads in this land are a thrilling sight to see. They opened up our nation to a hobby industry. Although the trains are tiny, their builders all stand tall, but the train set of Bill Watson was the greatest of them all. He gave his life and left a wife like Casey Jones, except at home. One rainy night in April, When dinner was all done Bill kissed his wife and walked downstairs To make his final run How could he know he'd die that night Bill shunted with such nerve As he leaned down on the throttle Heading straight for dead man's curve His train roared round the table Just like a tightening noose A little diesel, a CN car And a homemade wood caboose Over bridges made from toothpicks Plastic people watched him past by plaster hills and foamville trees and painted sawdust grass. <laughs> he turned up all the power on his straining old transformer. Bill pushed his locomotive to the limit past the corner. That mighty little choo-choo pulling 20 cars in earnest as it headed for Slim Junction in the corner over there by the furnace. <laughs> Bill's cat leaped up to dead man's curve and on the rails it sat. Brave Williams spilled his Pepsi as he rushed to grab the cat. With no thought for his own safety, he swept Kitty back. But the live wire and the cola short-circuited the track. 
Now most men build an empire for a comfort for old age. But Bill would never ride that route. He died of H.O. Gage. <laughs> so when you unplug your trains tonight and turn that switch to zero, remember brave Bill Watson, the scale model of a hero. You've been listening to The Best of Frantic Times. Why not tell your friends about us? Sure, why not? Uh, Thank you all very much for uh, listening. Our numbers are growing and we couldn't be happier. The Best of Frantic Times was written, conceived, and performed by the Frantics. Paul Chattel, Rick Green, Dan Redican, and Peter Wildman. Female guests are Meg Butterfield, Meg Ruffman, Carolyn Scott... Original CBC production with sound effects done by Kathy Perry and Dave Milligan. Thank you both. Like us on Facebook. Go there. Send us a note. Oh, can I, can I say Derek Wellsman? No, sure. When we get to that. Okay, sorry. Go to Facebook. Join us. Like us. Whatever. Uh, send now? us a note. Not now? yet. Not yet. No. And tell us where you're listening to the show. We, we want to we find out more about you. Best of Frantic Times was produced by... Oh, I forgot his name. Derek, oh, Derek Wellsman. <laughs> Boot to the head! <laughs>